Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Featuring commentary from Ryan Braun, Valerie Factor, Kevin Hendrick, John Trollick, and Colin McGowan. Thank you for listening to another edition of Cavs the Podcast. I am here with Ryan Braun and Colin McGowan, and we are going to go through uh, basically what this season has been now that it's over. Uh, We're going to do a quick summary of the season. Everyone's going to give their opinions. We're going to go through every player on our roster, tell you what we think about them, what we think their future could be like, whether or not they're going to be on the team. We'll go through a little bit of our uh, future projections, what we see coming up for this team, and then um, go through a couple of your reader questions. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off, maybe talk a little bit about what you thought of the season, because, I mean, it, there. I think we could have a, a wide range of opinions on sure. uh, what we witnessed. Well, I remember we got into this pretty good on the Lost podcast, and I think my view, well, here it is. I think this one as good as it possibly could have gone. Um, we're a rebuilding team who got really lucky with Kyrie. Um, Tristan, you know, differing views there, but I, I certainly think he was coming on and improving throughout the season. And ultimately, we managed to have a fun season. Until that last month, watching Kyrie was a blast. Um, we got to watch, statistically, the best clutch player in basketball. I'll get really excited about that. And still managed to come out of it with the third best uh, chance at Anthony Davis, which was really my fear all along, was that we were playing too well. Um, I kind of think we got the best of both worlds in this season. If we had had kept threatening for the playoffs, if Andy didn't get hurt, and and you hope that doesn't become a trend, but for this year, we so needed it. I I mean, that's the danger of having Andy and Anton Jameson and, and... a bunch of guys on your roster that are helping you perform maybe a little above where you are in the rebuilding process. And, and we got to watch them win, and then we got to watch them crash spectacularly, and hopefully, I mean, God willing, get Anthony Davis or you know somebody of a really high caliber. That's my sentiments. Colin, do you, uh, I mean, I, I know that your sort of belief on this team is very similar to Ryan's, do you have a take on this? Um, well, I I gotta say, like seeing, I, I think we all remember the first game when when Kyrie played against Detroit, and we were sitting all off season. We felt really really good about Kyrie Irving all summer, <laughs> and then I think we hit like August, and we all went, wait, what if he's not good? <laughs> and uh, and he had that first game against Detroit where he did not play well in the preseason. I think I saw him play. And then what did we open the open the season against Toronto? Toronto. Yeah, kicked our butt. Yeah, and then I think played Detroit again, which was that was another regular season game, and actually played great. And as we sort of watched him grow, I think over like the first month and a half of the season, there was just this big sort of sigh of relief that oh he's 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 pretty good. And then it, it sort of you know grew into you know January and February, realizing like oh this guy's like a really special talent. 
And so I think watching his development was easily the best thing, part of the season. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, seeing that Alonzo G is an NBA mm-hmm. player, which is always great. We picked him up off the scrap heap. So uh, I really liked watching his development as a player. Uh, other than that, I, I mean, to land in the top three for the lottery, um, you can't really ask for anything better. Do you think uh, us being in the lottery, I mean, if you had to put percentage on it, what percent chance do you think it is that, that next year everything's going to go according to plan? I know that's a really tough question, but I just what yeah. do you do? You, do you have confidence that that we're really headed in the right direction? Yeah, that that depends. I mean, I remember Chris Grant and, and Byron Scott held a press conference a few days ago when the season ended, and they were really all about managing expectations. It seemed like they seemed to say we're not going to overspend this summer and. And I wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be heartbroken if the the Cavs didn't compete for a playoff spot next year. Um, But I I think if this team adds, say, for example, Brad Beal or something, it turns out that Brad Beal is good, they will compete um, for a playoff spot unless someone gets hurt. Um, And so I think think they're growing at the right pace. Certainly this year was not the year to make the playoffs. That would have been actually kind of a disaster. So, Uh, Okay, well... uh... Why don't we talk about this team? Just go through. Uh, basically, I, I know that a lot of people who read the blog have been talking about who we're going to have next year, what our team is going to look like. So I think, why don't we just go down the list, give a letter grade to uh, every guy that we come across on the roster, and say whether or not we think they're going to be back next year. Maybe some good or bad points about them. It's funny, because the first guy on the list that I'm looking at, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's Omri Caspi. Um, mm. Ryan, Give us a grade for uh, Omri Caspi for this year. I think you'd have to go something average. Some, I, I mean, I don't think it was as much of a disaster as everyone thought, probably because my expectations weren't quite as high as everybody's. But um, I think he's a guy that can improve. He's still young. Um, he can be a good shooter, good height. I, I think he could be a solid rotation player once we get good. I, I'd like to keep him around. I think he'll be back. I think he'll be better next year, too. So, so you're saying he's a C? A C for this year, and I think there's room for a substantial improvement in the future. Colin, uh, what do you, what's your take on uh, Caspi? Uh, something closer, I guess, to a C-. minus. Um, he just, he was a disaster for See, the first I, I two, two months or so. And then was kind of okay for, like, the next two months. Um, and... I mean, he'll be back next year. He's mm-hmm. he's getting paid, and it's not like the Cavs are just going to cut him. What's uh, he under contract? How, how much is he under contract for? We have him for next year, and then we have to make a qualifying offer for the year after that. It's two point, almost two point three million for next year. Okay, so what, so not much. So, Colin, you're saying he's a C minus? Yeah, and he, you know, I think he's a rotation player. I, I think he just might have had a bad year. To be honest, mm-hmm. the the thing that worries me about Caspi is, um, if you look at his stats, I'll pull them up while I'm saying this. Over the last uh, three years, which is how long he's been in the NBA, they've gotten progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't know if that's just because the situation got more difficult in Sacramento, and then there was the adjustment of coming to a new team. But he had actually pretty decent statistics his rookie year. Uh, I think he was shooting really well from the three. Everyone thought he was just a revelation at. The th- uh, uh, I mean, uh, from downtown, not at the three, but he does play the three as well. I um, think there's something to be said in playing in a really fast-paced, 
low expectation um, offense as he was his rookie year. I think it was him and Tyreek were rookies that year, and it was yeah. just um, he got all the shots he needed. He, he was a centrifugal part of that offense. Um, and and I, I agree each with year, you. He was, shoot, he, he was playing 25 minutes uh, his rookie year and shot about 45%. Uh, from downtown, and then was about 37% from three, which are all pretty good statistics. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I think there's a solid player in there. I, I think he just had a little bit of that statistical inflation that was um, happening with every fast-paced team for a couple of years, his rookie year. And then the last two years have just been pure chaos. Um, I think he can settle into a nice, a nice player when we find him the right role. I don't what, think he's a sixth man. What what I will say about him is his defense was great at the end of the year. Not great, but it was good. It was actually very good. I, I was honestly very... Because I think at the beginning of the season, my biggest concern with him was that he couldn't play defense. But he actually kept on his man. He showed the ability to like stay in front of guys, which is tough when you're 6'9 and you know scrawny. So if he can develop, you know, get better on the defensive end and then get his shooting up a little bit. He could be a really good player, actually. I mean, he certainly isn't going to be a starter, but... No, he's a, he's a solid, average NBA player. And he's young. All right, do you guys have anything else to say? I'm going to give him a C-. minus. i got to go with uh, with Colin on this one. Maybe even lower, honestly. But um, anything else to say on Omri Caspi? I think we no, covered him pretty well. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to... Off to a good start. Yeah, exactly. We start off... At least somewhat decent, someone who's going to be around. We move on to Semi Erden, who. <laughs> uh, Colin, why don't you give a, a few words on Semi Erden? Uh, he's tall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a body, isn't he? He's, he's the center who you play when you're playing against Dwight Howard. You just go, get out there and foul him. Like, I. You know, I mean, he's he's the tall guy. He'll be a good body for practice. Uh, you know, he 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 flashes legitimately in like a handful of games. Uh, showed the ability to I don't know catch a ball two feet from the rim and dunk it. Uh, but I I don't there know. There are other games where he got blocked in the post. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like when you're seven foot and your arms are so long, shouldn't it be almost impossible to get blocked like easily? Yeah, well, he yeah. does that. He does that same thing that Tristan does, where he brings the ball down to his knees, and it's yeah. like you're you're tall. Keep it up high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, get to the Tristan thing. But yeah, he's. I I don't know. I mean, if the Cavs can't find another big man to take a flyer on, I wouldn't mind keeping him around. So you think he's a keeper? What's uh What's his letter grade? I you know a C minus something like that. Really. Default. I mean, that's, that's exciting. You know, he's athletic and tall. Uh, you know, I mean, so is Ryan Hollins, for that matter. But, mm-hmm. you know. I definitely think he's better than Ryan Hollins. I don't like I don't Definitely know. better than Ryan Hollins. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what, uh, speaking of Ryan's, Ryan, what do you think of, <laughs> what do you think of Semi Erden? Um, I'd give him a D. And, and I, I think he's potentially a keeper, but a keeper in the sense that he might be around next year, not that he's going to be part of a good team in three or four years. I, I agree. Uh, the first thing that pops into my head when I hear Semi Erdin is tall body. I mean, is that a good thing, though? 
Not particularly. <laughs> but, but as it pertains to the 12th guy in a roster, it's okay. I guess he's worth keeping. Yeah, every team needs just a big man that never plays, and then when their big men get in foul trouble, you need a body. Yeah. So, you know. And he certainly has redeemable qualities. He's not like... He's got a soft touch. He's just got a soft demeanor, too. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on, because I think that's... I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about Semyarden? I give him a D plus, by the way. I think, uh, you know, he certainly wasn't the biggest failure ever, and he did show flashes. But on the whole, the consistency was totally lacking, so... And you'd like to see a little more toughness, like uh, like a Sheik on Chicago. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, similar size, just a lot less toughness. And he could develop that. He's still pretty young, right? How old is he? He was born in 86, so he's 20, 25. Yeah. So, I mean, he could still develop a little. Probably not much, but... Um, all right. Uh, next guy is uh, someone that I'm sure everyone who's listening to this will eagerly want to know our opinion on, and that is Alonzo G. Ah. Because uh, I think there are a few players that we value as much as G, but there are a few players that we probably overvalue as much as G. So, um, Ryan, uh, what do you think? What's his grade? What? Oh, in terms of a grade, if you're, if you're thinking expectations versus how he performed. Yeah. Let's, I'd, I'd give him a B plus only because he tailed off a little toward the end of the season. Yeah. But, um, and if I'm just grading him as a player, B minus, but, um, I like the guy. Well, first, I think you always get attached to someone like him that comes from relative obscurity and, and kind of grows with your team. Yeah, Lynn Sanity, but, anyone? <laughs> yeah. You want to know something? I, I bet Alonzo G has a better rest of his NBA career than Jeremy Lynn. Totally agree with you. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of skills there that are useful. And, and we've said this on other podcasts. He's going to be a good sixth man on a really good Cavs team, provided nobody makes him a ridiculous offer that we just can't reasonably match this summer. Which didn't I, they? Didn't they uh, offer him a um, what's it called? Uh, the uh, the tender the offer? offer? Yeah, like a tender. Didn't they give him a tender? I don't think oh. they did. Yeah, I don't think they made a qualifying offer for. Yeah, an, I thought an, they had. Uh, can they? Is he? Does he qualify for a qualifying offer? Well, well he's, he's regardless, a free agent. So yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, regardless, that won't prohibit a team from swooping in and you know offering him sixty million dollars. Yeah, I, I don't think, think and no one's going to do that. Happen. Um, I, I think the fairest price for him is like three million a year. That's that's what he should be making. I think he'll get more than that because Daniel Gibson ended up with four a couple years ago. Daniel I Gibson mean, was on a team that was substantially more respected than. I mean, not that G isn't a respectable player, but like remember when we signed Gibson to that contract he everyone thought that he was like a big part of our future because he wasn't it right after that right. year that he like right. went off in the playoffs and I just like yeah, I, he, he was the second best player on the team in that playoff run yeah so mm. I just it's it's hard for me to you know like we signed uh Gibson to a contract that was like far far more money than he ever deserved and I just I feel like that's not gonna happen with with G and I, I honestly I don't think anyone else values G as much as we do that might be true I, I would be very pleased with something in the three to four range I, I'm not sure he won't ask for a little more but um I don't know three to four I'm thrilled with so uh Colin what do you think what's his grade 
again, if we're sort of doing you know expectations about how, against how he performed, I, I thought he was an A minus. I thought he was terrific. Uh, he's one of those guys who he just finds a way to contribute, which I really mm-hmm. love. Um, you know, whether it's guarding the other team's best perimeter player, grabbing rebounds. He's actually not a bad jump shooter. He can kind of create his own shot. Um, hopefully he won't have to do that in the future as much. But, uh, yeah, I, I just I, – I obviously just loved him too. He's just a very lovable guy. And, you know, yeah. real cool tattoos, cool name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So just to put this into perspective a little, he played 29 minutes. Uh, his shooting percentage was 41%. Shot 32% from three. And 78 at free throws, uh, averaged five rebounds a game, which is substantially better than I realized. Wow. Uh, 1.8 assists, not great. Uh, 1.3 steals, and then about 10 and a half points a game. And I would couple some of those shooting percentages um, with the fact that we asked him to do a lot of things that may not have been in his best interest right. offensively. Um, so I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I mean, Provided he's not looking to shoot the ball 15 times a game in the future, and I don't get the impression that he is. Let me see if I, I, I can pull up can, how many times he shot the ball. Well, I think he can settle into a role where he, he, we're not so reliant on him creating his own shots, which he's getting better at, but it's not his strength. He's a finisher, and, and his, his jump shot was markedly improved this year. So, I mean, with any luck, if, if he takes another leap next year, he could potentially be a starting caliber player. I'm more counting on him leveling off because he's not that young. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just – I'm high on the guy. So here's here's my take on him. Um, I don't think he's as good of a shooter as most of our readers and, and most just Cavs fans in general think he is. And I think uh, – I was actually sort of surprised to see how low his, his shooting numbers were. <clears throat> Um, I think he's a great defender, not like a phenomenal defender, but he's a really good defender. Not very great. solid. Yeah, very solid. Um, there's room for improvement. He's 24 now. He's going to be 25 at the end of the month. Um, so he's young and he'll improve, but he probably won't improve that much. And uh, other than that, I mean, he's a definite rotation guy. I don't think he'll ever be a great starter. I mean, if he's a starter, it's only because... Uh, we've spent our money elsewhere, and we don't want to pour it into the you know shooting guard or small forward position because we've got a guy at you know the other swingman position that's like really good. Um, so I give him a B. You know, he's not uh, to me. He's not amazing. <coughs> he's he's amazing compared to what else we had on this team, <laughs> which uh, sadly is what it is. So uh, I just you know he's solid. It's the yeah. best the best word to describe him is solid. And there's a place for salad. You know, he maybe it's a slightly above average B because he's definitely good. He's just not great. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys ready to move on? Let's do it. All right, next up is uh, oh crap! Now I gotta go back. I I was clicking on their names on this. Uh, give me one second, guys. I wanna I wanna go down the list. You know, nicely. All right, so the next guy we've got is um, Danny uh, Daniel Gibson. So boobies, someone that's. You know, it's tough for our Cavs fans who've been watching this team for a long time to, to not feel a little emotional about him because he was amazing in that playoff run. When was it, 2008? Seven. Seven, yeah. So uh, 
I don't know, Colin, Dan Daniel Gibson. What do you, what's a yeah. grade? what's his grade? What I mean, do you think he'll be around next year? I mean, yeah, I, I think they'll pick up his player option because it's it's what four and a half million yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think they'll pick up his player option. I, I'd give him an incomplete, really, because he didn't really play, which is becoming a, a a sort of worrying sign for him because he hasn't been healthy for about two seasons now. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's on the floor, you know, he's a good spot up shooter coming off the bench. Um, he certainly and, wasn't the defender that we thought he was going to be, though. Oh, I don't. I don't think that too many people thought he was going to be a great defender. It no, just turned no. out that he wasn't a complete disaster. Well, really, because I feel like people talked about him being the best defender on our team, which I like always made me laugh. He grew into that, I thought, for a time. But when he was a rookie, I remember what Colin's talking about. We were worried about him being abused, <laughs> like not great lateral foot speed, really skinny, and he, he grew into a pretty tough perimeter defender. And he. Um, he looked really, really good next to Mo Williams for two years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you give him an incomplete? Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, what do you think? I will go with the eye as well. Um, just that. I, I like him. I, I think there's a place for him on the team. Tough defender. One of the better three-point shooters in the NBA. He just can't stay healthy. But um, if he could, I'd, I'd certainly not want to let him go. And as it is, I think it's worth, you know, continually taking a flyer on him until we have a better place to put that money. So he did shoot really well from the three this year. He shot almost 40%, which is actually, uh, it was the second lowest year of shooting ever. 2008, 2009, he shot uh, 38% this year is about 396 so it was very high. Um, so he's a, he is a very good three-point shooter. Uh, I, I think... Um, He'll have to move. I mean, he's not a natural point guard, but he could be a good backup point guard. You know, everyone talks about developing the backup point guard for uh, for Kyrie. Is it possible he could be our backup point guard? I think he could be our backup swing guard. I, I mean, he's he's not a pure point. I think he could play next to Kyrie better than Ramon did. Um, I don't think he's even as good a point as Ramon. But I, I think he could be a backup swing guard. Colin, do you think he's a, a guy that, you know, I mean, what, what would his position be on this team in the future? Um, well, it obviously depends how the team is constructed. But I, I like him as, as like maybe an eighth or ninth man um, mm-hmm. who can just knock down a jump shot. I, I mean, I actually, a backcourt of him and Kyrie is not terrible because both can handle the ball and both can spot up. The problem with that is it's undersized, like very undersized. Yeah, but I don't think that that, like, I don't think you play that backcourt for more than like eight minutes a game. Like, I I don't think it's a backcourt that's really out there that much. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think he can handle the ball a little bit. Um, Just just be a spot-up shooter. I I guess four and a half million is a little much for that kind of player. But uh, as, you know, right now, that money's not going anywhere. So I, I wouldn't worry about it until the Cavs have to think about how they're going to, whether or not they're going to sign him long-term, and that's after the season is over, so. All right, uh, I him, give him an incomplete as well. Uh, although, if, if he had stuck around, it probably would have been somewhere in, like, the C, C-plus range. He just, he had a very average year. Um, all right, moving on. <laughs> Everyone's favorite, Luke Herringotti. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you want to start us off on this one? Sure. Um, I love Luke. I, I know everybody else 
wants him on the team for comedy value or <laughs> off the team because they don't trust his um, athleticism. But look, he's a 13th man that's on this team like way earlier. I've fallen for him. What can I like? He's completely interchangeable with anybody else in the league, but he's our interchangeable white redhead. Like, that's kind of how I feel about him. Uh, he could be on this team in three years, or he couldn't be, and it won't have any effect on us. But I'd be totally fine if they kept him around just because. But he's, he's the 13th to 15th man on an NBA roster or an overseas guy. That's my opinion on Luke Arangodi. And I love how hard he tries and that he's built like a stump. Just so you that's- know, he shot uh, 35% from the field. And... Uh- Oh, where'd that statistic go? It was bad, though. And um, 24% from the three. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's acceptable for an NBA player. <laughs> but you you want a guy, like, who knows. Like, if you're the 15th man on an NBA team, or 13 to 15, you want a, a guy who's tough and at the same time, like, has no illusions about what he is. You know? Let me defend Aaron Gutty as an important part of this team. So um, he started one game. I don't remember what the game was. I'm sure I, we won it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he had 16 points, and he was 6 of 11 from the field. So mm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so was his PER this season just a picture of <laughs> laughing? That was... Um, it was 3. <laughs> uh, 3.76, I'm sorry, almost 4. The margin of error is 3.7. <laughs> so it's actually zero is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. All right. So what's his grade? Uh, well, it, it's, again, are, should we grade these guys as a player or should we grade them versus expectation? As a player, he's a, he's a D minus. Versus expectations, like he's exactly what I thought he would be. So he's but, an right. A. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He's, he's a D minus A. Okay. Uh, Colin. Uh, give us give us some some uh, description of Luke Herringotti. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wrote that piece about him and how I felt bad. I don't know why I would really feel bad for a guy who plays professional basketball for a living, but uh, he seems <laughs> like he seems like a like there's a forlornness about him. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I actually think that you should sort of evaluate those end of the bench guys differently than you would any other player because they're clearly not going to play unless there's just a rash of injuries and you're completely screwed Mm -hmm. so I don't know if he tries really hard in practice and guys like being around him that's sort of valuable in in and of itself you know Mm -hmm. um but I mean Luke Herringote is Luke Herringote we all know he's sort of like Midwest personified um (laughs) but uh you know, I what they could they could pay him the minimum, you know, and and stick him in a suit every game like a bat. Of course, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> you know? It's not like he would be like when Mo Williams used to get hurt and just wear awesome suits all the time. Like, yeah. but you know, he could high five guys. That's <laughs> fine. So we're gonna pay him to be our high fiver. Let me say I'm this. I'm sure he's an excellent high fiver. You he's know, he's a, got those big like meaty hands. Yeah, <laughs> he's a glorified cheerleader, basically. Well. I think you'd rather have, and this is going to be putting it out there a little, but I think you'd rather have Luke Harangodi on your team than Gerald Green. No way. And I'm I'm going far with Gerald Green. 
Yeah, Gerald, so? Gerald Green I, I, is a really like decent NBA player. Not good, but decent. I think he's gone past his chance where he's ever going to be a good player and a good team. What, what I mean by that, if not Gerald Green, somebody who has illusions of being a star still. Because those are the guys that sit on the bench versus jump up when they're in the suit. You know what I mean? I don't know. Three guys who are thrilled to be there. A Judd Bushler type. All right. Uh, so, uh, do you have a grade for us, Colin? Uh, you, you know what? Let's let's give Luke a day. Let's just, <laughs> let's just a pat on the back and good job, buddy. Yeah. Hit the showers, <laughs> Mallory. Hey, come on. Uh, um, <laughs> next is everyone's favorite, Manny Harris. Um, Manny's a tough one to evaluate because. I mean, personally, I think he sucks. I don't want this guy on our team. Um, but I know a lot of people have very strong feelings about him. So, uh, Colin, give us a little breakdown on on Manny. Yeah, he's not good. It's it, like it's we've we've seen him play now enough. I, like my frustration was he was this really lanky guy who's like six five, six six, could actually sort of handle the basketball, and I thought he like kept making the roster and then getting sent down and then getting cut. And he was never getting any sort of extended burn. But then with the rash of injuries and the sessions trade, he finally kind of got that chance to play 25, 30 minutes a game. And uh, it's, it's a, it was a disaster. Um, he's, he's probably not an NBA player. Uh, I, I love his name. Uh, I love his youthful enthusiasm. And but, his, his uh, little afro thing that he's got going on. Yeah, he's got cool hair. Yeah. Um, but he's not. He – like I, I'd like to see what his like turnover rate was because when he played the point, it was real ugly. All right. So averaging uh, 17 minutes per game, he was at uh, one turnover, which is a lot for 17 minutes. I don't know what the, the stats were once he actually started, but um, I'll try and find them on here. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I I think Manny's probably probably done. Uh, Manny probably needs to go to Europe. So what's his grade enough? You know, it's like a D, because um, you know he's not. Nah, he's bad. It's an F. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I give him, Ryan. I'm sure your feelings are a little different on Manny. I feel bad about giving him three Fs. I, I like him. He made a tweet the other day about never giving up when he got sent down and then called back up and and these are the guys you feel for because they feel more human than regular NBA players um the issue with him is uh, it's the efficiency thing like um with guys who are going to be eighth men to 13th men they need to be able to operate within the confines of a very small role and that's not him you know I, I mean you're on to something he's he's a starter on a team in Europe. He just doesn't have a game that's very conducive to playing five or six minutes a night. He, he craves the ball in his hand, and he's not going to come in and get the ball in his hand all the time. So, And that, I mean, that's his downfall in the NBA, I think, versus Alonzo G, who's the exact opposite. Right. Alonzo would be fine, or at least as far as we know, would be fine not having the ball in his hand, just being a, a guy that's out there doing what he does really well, and that's perfectly fine with him and even the way he gets his points i mean even though he's a 41 percent shooter it's a little more economical yeah he's I, a hard worker i'll say 
And and not and not that Manny isn't. It's just he, his shots aren't working shots though. They're like you know, oh look, I have the ball in my hand and I'm like you know slightly over the mid court line. Why don't I just shoot it? Well, yeah, he's a guy who plays with the ball in his hand. I mean, that's why I don't think he'll be on the team next year. Because you're looking for guys who can contribute to a good team, not a young and growing one. Right. And, and, At this point, we have to start finding people who are part of the future, I think. Right. I mean, I love I love that we've had him around. I I, I, I do feel a little attached to him. I, 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 he, seems like a, he seems like a nice guy. I read his Twitter account. But uh, his Twitter account, like, Ryan, have you noticed this? Occasionally, I think he's trying to, like, tweet at or direct message, like, Twitter groupies. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know that. Exactly. Just be like, hey, boo, what you doing? Like, and that was definitely intended for some woman that he's probably going to try to have relations with after the game in whatever city they're in. And it's just terrific that he, like, doesn't quite know how to use Twitter sometimes. (laughs) It's like that. the European word for boo. Oh my god! Uh, all right, so what's his grade, Ryan? I want to give him a D just so he doesn't get three Fs. Uh, you're like I mean, that, you're that I, teacher that does. Well. We made him. Yeah, I'm. I'm the. I'm the nice teacher that gives yeah. kids grades they didn't quite earn. He tried really hard. He and and he did. He was a little better than last year. He improved. <laughs> I don't actually know that he improved. Let me look this up really quickly because I don't. I, I don't think he actually did improve. I think he, he got said worse. he worked on that mid-range game, and I noticed <laughs> that mid-range game looked a little better. A little better. It's all relative. Uh, it wasn't very good. I, I did. I did have a moment when I thought like, oh, I think he might be uh, developing a little like Delonte West baseline pull-up move here, yeah. and it just it was a facade. It wasn't true. He made like two of them in a row, but yeah. you know, there was that little seed of. Oh, maybe he's got a shot there. He he doesn't, but you know. Yeah. All right, he he did improve on the three point shot, but he got uh, or he sorry, he did improve on his field goal percentage, but he got a lot worse on his three point shot. So, all right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break because I don't want to lose all this fantastic chatting that we've got. And uh, when we come back, guys, we are in for a treat because next up is Kyrie Irving. Oh, all right, we'll be right back. And we are back, and. Uh, Get, we we get the privilege to discuss someone that I'm sure we're all going to give an A to, because I certainly am. And that is Kyrie Irving. Colin, Kyrie Irving, I mean, what do you have to say about that guy? Yeah, he, he I, I like how I use the same, like, sad yeah that I used for Heron Goaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Um, no, I, I mean, he's... He's phenomenal. He's a singular talent. Like, there, there's not – I watch him and it's not like watching – he's one of those guys that's so talented that it's distinctive. Like, his game isn't like anyone else's. I agree. And I hate when people compare him to Chris Paul because he's not Chris Paul. In, he's in, a, more, in a good way. He's more Darren williams than Chris Paul, really. I would say Derrick Rose is the clo- closest comparison in a lot of the way that he goes to the basket. Derrick Rose is also just singular, though. Derrick yeah. Rose is Derrick Rose. I mean, uh, those are all singular players, but if we yeah. tr- try, I mean, he's he, the way that he moves when he gets to the basket is Im- incredible. It's yeah. savvy. That's what it is. It's, he doesn't use, like, fancy shake-and-bake moves either. He's just, like, smart when he goes to the rim. Can I, can I say, like, the most delightful, because we're all going to gush about him for the next, like, five mm-hmm. minutes. The most delightful thing about him that I just 
I was wowed by like a month and a half into the season. He has a fully formed offensive game. Yeah. There's not he has like eight ways to get a shot. And it's it's just he's he uses so much guile on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah. I just I can't believe he has he has a baseline pull up. He can finish at the rim in three different ways. He can hit a you know, he has that little Steve Nash pull up three pointer. Like he it's just incredible. He he really is an amazing talent. I don't know. I mean, so what's his grade? I mean, an A, obviously. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Um. Okay. Time for my guest session. I I give him an A too. And and I think the most interesting comparison I've seen was the one you just said from David Thorpe was Nash. And I, I never thought about that as he was entering the league, but um. I can't think of another guy that can shoot from the perimeter like he can um, and is as savvy kind of weaving his way to the basket, as under control weaving his way into the lane as Nash. And the only thing he really didn't display, but but he did as the season wore on, it, he, each month he had something new, was um his playmaking. And, and I think so much of that is just people to finish around the basket and comfortable outside shooters. I mean, honestly, everyone else other than him and, to a lesser extent, uh, Jameson, they were terribly terrible and inconsistent. And nobody efficient. There's nobody um, efficient on our team but Kyrie. Uh, One thing, I just have so many visions in my head of, in 2007, there there is some Chris Paul in there. I I mean, he's not, he's more of a scorer than Chris Paul. but um, Way more. That 2007 season where Tyson Chandler was at the top of his game, the things Chris Paul was able to do playing with a guy who could finish at the rim like he could and go up and grab a lob was incredible. I I mean, this is me pining for Anthony Davis again, (laughs) but um, good Lord, would that look amazing. and, And Kyrie's just the type of player that could take full advantage of somebody that athletic around the rim. Um, but that said, it, it's all there. I, I mean, next year will be key for Kyrie as well as Tristan just to see how much more of a step can he take? What's, what's the next step for Kyrie? Um, I, I think, I, I think it is maybe his, his, playmaking ability but I mean even by the end of the season that seemed to be coming around in a way it really hadn't early do you think he's a superstar I think he's a superstar um I I think the key to how far his era will go will be what we're able to surround him with but I think he's going to I I think this is going to accelerate I I think this is going to be our last chance to get a really high pick um I, I think he's everything he was made out to be and more. He's not physically LeBron James, which is another issue. He's never going to be able to physically dominate a game. And and I think you need somebody who can to be one of the elite teams. Um, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to rectify that by the end of this offseason. Colin, at the height of his career, if you were to rank you know, Kyrie amongst the, the best NBA players, what would he rank? Where would he rank? Um, projecting forward. Yeah, which is difficult because the defensive side of his game is a real problem. 
Uh, and he'll never sort of, for me, ascend to that superstar level unless he gets it together on defensive end. Um, but I, I think the sky is the limit. I, I really think that there could be a year where we go, wow, Kyrie Irving was the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's, that's where his ceiling is. Because um, he, we forget this, rookies aren't good very often. And he was... Better really? than Derrick Rose as a rookie. Yeah, better than Derrick Rose as a rookie, better than a lot of guys as a rookie. Um, you know, we've all seen the numbers with him against, like, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, Derrick Rose's rookie seasons. And the efficiency numbers are either right there or better. <clears throat> um, and I don't really think that statistics tell the tale in this case. I think that just watching him play, you go, he's special. He's got, you know, it. He's got Duende or whatever you want to call it, you know? So I, I think the sky's the limit. We'll learn more over year two and three, you know? I definitely you- agree with you, especially once we surround him with, like, more talent. You know what was remarkable to me, and probably the most exciting thing about the rookie season, was the way he went at some of the elite point guards that went at him. Like, do you remember the Darren Williams game, um, probably a month before the season ended? And granted, Darren Williams got some shots in, but this was a couple weeks after Darren Williams, like, who comes to play only against young point guards and just, you know, sits out every other game. But fried Jeremy Lin, and he came in looking to do the same thing to Kyrie. And this was, and this was a game. I forget exactly what happened, but Kyrie just totally flipped it on him. Won the game down the stretch with some of that um, remarkable clutch play that seemed to be a recurring trend throughout the season. But he he went back at him, and he did very well um, against the guy who was obviously trying to show him up. And that's something not even LeBron really did his rookie year. I guess what I'm saying is he doesn't have LeBron's physicality, but he's mentally all there. I mean, this is a guy, he didn't back down from anybody this season. I I was kind of astonished at that. I expected a couple of the point guards to really hand it to him a couple times this year, and that never happened. How telling are those stats that say he's the the best finisher in the game and or closer in the game? I mean, how 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 telling? What does that really mean for our future? Do you think he'll continue to be that clutch? Do you think he'll be as you know great as those would suggest? Those numbers would suggest. I don't. Who wrote that article? Was it Thorpe or Ford or? I don't remember. It was an ESPN article. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, but I don't think you can. You know not expect a statistic to have some variance in it as we move forward. But the fact that when you were watching the game, you could tell that was the case, I think is what's important. He's just totally comfortable. And more than that, he's (laughs) at 19. He clearly thought he was the best option on this team to have the ball in the last five minutes of every game anywhere against anybody. I, I, I mean, immediately. He, he thought he was the best option, and strikingly, he was. Um, but I think that says, that validates that article. I, I mean, he's not going to shoot 56% in crunch time every season for the rest of his career. But I feel infinitely more comfortable with him taking two free throws at the end of a game than I ever did with LeBron. I, I mean, 
he's just not afraid of those moments. Colin, and that, you, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. Just that's not something that goes away. Colin, do you think? Uh, do Do you think that he'll continue to be one of the best closers in the game? Frankly, um, well, I mean, the number one thing that you look at when you're sort of talking about a guy, and now I'm talking like John Gruden. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the number one thing that you, you do look at is he wants the ball with four or five minutes left, up by five, down by five. He wants to control in a very, in a very sort of point guardish Chris Paul kind of way. He says, I'm not necessarily going to take the shot here, but everything will flow through me mm-hmm. in the last five minutes. And so he, he has that right away. And then he's also shown the ability to do it. I, I just, I think that clutch is something that you just need to look at the, the statistics sort of, but it's also, I think for the fan, like, for example, like I think I feel, and I don't know what the statistics say, but like Dirk Nowitzki is the best clutch player in the league because I just never feel like he's going to miss in crunch time. And I also, I feel very similarly after one year of Kyrie, I feel like if he's got the ball, good things will happen in late in the fourth quarter. So, um, I I don't know. And he's such a good shooter and can create so many good shots for himself that I actually think he has a really good chance to be a good clutch player going forward. Okay. Yeah. uh, So we all agree. He gets an A. Yeah, gotta give him an A. All right, let's move on, because I'm sure, uh, you know, everyone knows what we think of Kyrie. Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson? I can never pronounce his name. It's pronounced Tuan, yeah. It's so yeah. weird. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> it's like Dwayne Wade. It's just spelled weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we know he's not coming back. And I, I mean, I've made my opinion pretty clear. I, I liked Jameson. I will miss him. I don't know who's going to pick up that scoring load. Uh, you know, Colin, I'll make you wait a sec, Ryan. What? <laughs> what uh, are, Colin. Yeah, well, no, because Colin, we all know what Colin's going to say. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Um, no, no I, I appreciate what he brought. I was surprised, actually, that he said so definitively that he wasn't coming back because I didn't quite realize he felt that way. Um. I think the team will take a step back next year that most people aren't expecting because it'll be difficult to replace that scoring load. And I'm really interested to see what having Tristan on the court more does to Kyrie. Um, I, I don't think it'll have a significant impact. I, I, you know, I, I think it'll help Tristan more than it'll do anything to Kyrie. But um, it's not going to be easy to replace more than his scoring, his shots, because we just don't have an. I, we don't have anybody on the roster who's going to take that many shots right now. Um, that said, clearly he's not a part of the team moving forward. Clearly, um, his liability on defense was pretty immense. Um, I think he was great for this year. This year, I, w- I was very pleased with what he did. He seemed to instill some professionalism in the young guys and um, didn't teach Tristan much offensively at all, but... <laughs> well, um, their, their offensive talents are, like, yeah. completely different. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think he did his job for this year. Um, I, we'll, we'll miss him when he's gone, but we won't miss him the year after. 
we won't miss him in thirteen fourteen. Colin, or well, actually, okay, Ryan, give us a grade. I'll give him a B minus because I, I think this was his best year in Cleveland. I, I mean, he he he's he's not a great player, and he's very old, and he's never been an efficient player. But you know, he's he's held up well. I, I certainly agree with that, Colin. Tell us a little bit about what you think <laughs> of of Jameson. Yeah, I don't I don't hate Antoine uh, at all. I think he's a great guy, um, and I and I appreciate. I think certainly we've seen with teams that bottom out. For for example, like the Kings, for about three years, that place was just a stupid zoo. Like there was just no veteran. There was no one. There were no adults in the room to sort of, you know, say, you know, Tyreek, don't be a huge jerkwad. Um, <laughs> but I, I appreciate sort of the professionalism that he brought, and and I acknowledge that. He was not given an easy task. He was, he had to be either the number one or the number two option, which is kind of ridiculous because he doesn't have a very efficient offensive game. I think that he'll go somewhere and he'll be a really excellent seventh or eighth man for a good team. Um, but you know, he's frustrating on the defensive end. You know, those those lazy closeouts and and the way that he just can't handle guys who have any kind of back to the basket game. Um, but I, I, as much as he's a frustrating player and he's also sort of a a good target for jokes and whatnot, (laughs) um, he's just, he's such a good dude and he's such a, a professional that you really can't, can't rail on him. He, he was good for this season. You know, where were those points going to come from? Was G going to take 23 shots a game? You know, so I, I give him, I give him a B minus. He was, he was fine, you know. What are the chances that he ends up on Miami? I hope he does. <laughs> Why? Are, but isn't oh. he just, he's like not a good version of Bosch, you know? Yeah, he, he's not, he's not the player for a team like Miami, I think. My, um, my, to me, Miami just goes for anyone who can shoot the ball and doesn't need it in, in their hands at all times. The difference, like- the difference between Antoine Jameson and Battier is efficiency. Well, yeah, um, I, obviously, I mean, Batty is much more efficient, but the flip well, side... Well, Batty had a bad year, though. Yeah, he yeah, had a very bad was, year, but he was still... Not good. <laughs> um, but don't you think that they would want someone who's a good veteran leader? I mean, not that they need, you know, a veteran leader, but someone who's, like, composed and um, will just shoot the ball when the ball goes into his hand, always, you know, when he's wide open? Well, but he's... And I think I've made this joke before, but like he will leave in the off season and go to some team, and they'll go, "Oh, but he cannot. He can shoot the three ball. He yeah, can't. He can't. He's not a good three ball. point shooter." Um, and I, I think they need someone. They need a banger. Would be really great to yeah. play when Bosch isn't. Right, right, right. Um, exactly. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of like a, a, a more offensively focused version of like Udonis Haslam, which is something that they don't need. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, um, you know, what Miami really needs is like Dwight Howard, but they're not getting that. So <laughs> they could trade LeBron for him. Yeah. That'd be so great. Wouldn't it be sweet justice if LeBron got traded for Dwight Howard? That's obviously not going to happen. They would trade Wade before they traded LeBron. Um, all right. So let's move on. 
I think uh, we've said what we can. I, I would give him a B. You know, I liked having Jameson on the team. Again, I made that pretty clear. I liked him. Um, the next guy on this list is uh, someone who I, I didn't see play at all because I didn't really watch the last two games, and that's uh, DJ Kennedy. Hmm. Do you guys have any opinion on DJ Kennedy? I have very no. little opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. uh, really quickly, why don't I just read off uh, his stats? Let me let me load it here because I mean honestly, I don't think there's any way that we can give our opinion on a guy who played for our team for what was it like two or three games? Two games played twenty nine minutes in those two games. He actually shot five hundred from three point uh, and forty one percent. Five hundred percent. Okay, yes, five hundred percent. No, I uh, shot fifty percent from three point. Although I'm sure he only took like three or four, you know, four three point shots and probably made two of them, but um. Average six points a game, you know, one steal, 3.5 assists. I mean, he's he's young. He's going to be, what is that, 23 at the end of the year, or in November. 6'5", 214 pounds. I mean, do you think he's someone that w- we should keep around if only because we're going to need an extra body and we haven't seen him play? If- uh, I'm going to trust... Uh- I think Byron Scott said he liked him, but that could also completely be a lie, and he was just being nice. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, you you bring him to training camp, don't you? They they liked him well enough to you know get rid of Lester Hudson and sign him to a ten day contract. So I don't see how they wouldn't at least like work him out and and see what happens. Certainly, shooting guard is a very thin position next season. So who knows? Do you guys want to say a couple things about Lester Hudson? Do you do you have any remorse for letting him go? I don't. Um, I, I mean, I, I think he's just a little bit of a chucker. I, I mean, I, I, I liked him. He scared the hell out of me, and I didn't want to have to hate him forever when he almost won us a couple games that we shouldn't have won. Um, but like many, I mean, and to a different extent, like Antoine, there's no place for him on a good team. He's not an efficient player. I mean, and he's he's not on a, a good team right now. I know, but I don't think he's really going to... I would be very surprised unless he did like a Nate Robinson special in one game where they just throw him out as a complete X factor and he puts in 26. But I mean, he's not somebody who's going to have a consistent role on a good team. Uh oh, telephone. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm uh, at my parents' house. Oh, yeah. I hope uh, Maryland's treating you well. I'm on the East Coast right now. Woo! I'm with you, boys. Yeah. Well, no. Colin yeah, is, I'm in Chicago. Yeah, he's so. in the oh. Midwest. So. Okay. But, um, I mean, his, his player efficiency rating was just slightly below average as opposed to really below average. So, I don't know. I mean, Colin, do you have an opinion on Lester Hudson for those out there who still wish we had retained him? He's, he is, that, what Ryan pointed out, he's wildly inefficient, which you, you got to be, you got to bring a lot more to the table than he does if you're going to be that inefficient of a player. You know, he better be a great defender. Or something, which he's not. So I'm I'm fine with him sort of sitting on the bench for the Grizzlies in the playoffs. That's fine. You know, that's a good place for him. He can, uh, you know, high five Zach Randolph, and I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so he's, uh, no, he's no Heron Goaty, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't make he, his high fives don't don't sting like Heron Goaty's. I don't know. <laughs> um, next guy, we're, and we're 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 heading towards the end here, so uh, bear with us, guys. Um, Anthony Parker. I think there's very little that could be said about him other than that he was a nice guy. 
like a good veteran, right? I mean, can you think so, of anything else? I, I, I was thrilled with Anthony Parker in a similar way that I was thrilled with Jamison. I'd, I'd even be fine if he wanted to be on the team next year, although I suspect he's on the verge of retiring. I don't, I don't think he should be our starting two next year, but um, I, I bet he retires. Um, and if he wants to come back, great. His numbers were uh, down pretty much across the board. Actually, his shooting percentage went up. Never mind. The heck? Um, but yeah, I mean, his uh, points per game was down. Got his, hurt. Yeah, he, uh, his rebounds were down a little bit. His assists were way down. His uh, three-point percentage went down about 0.2, which <clears> is pretty <throat> substantial. And uh, his free throw went down a lot, which is pretty bad. It went down almost 20%. So, uh, Colin, I mean, do you, do you do you think he could stick around? Nah, I, I mean, it was a nice era. Um, well, I guess I guess he was really just around for the bad times, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was just around for when the Cavs crashed out of the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's had a had a nice little Cavs career, and and by all accounts, is a very nice guy. Um, he also, one thing, he couldn't stay very healthy because of yeah. his back this year, which leads me to believe, like, I don't think he's, like, Jameson, I, I think, is going to jump ship and go play for a good team. I think he's just going to retire because I don't think his back can hold up anymore. Um, I think it's just something that bothers him a lot. So, um, you know, I, I think it's probably time to call it a career for him. What would you give his, uh, his year and his career? <laughs> Let's give him a grade on his career. <laughs> well, his career is is just a stone cold a cuz he was just he was israeli michael jordan like <laughs> and and israel loves basketball so he must have just been like a huge celebrity over there he must have had just a terrific career and then he just got to play on contenders you know later in his career he had that dark spell in toronto but uh but you know let's give him an a he had a super fun career uh if you do the whole of, career you know, yeah i agree for the for his you know the years C plus, B minus, something like that. Uh, Ryan, you want to give us a grade for his career? I'll, I'll go same thing. I, I remember a year or two ago, John wrote something about Anthony Parker. Something like, you could tell he was once the best player in a league. And you can totally see that. Like, he, he's got a, a versatile, like little bit of a Jordan or Kobe thing in his game. It just happens about 20 miles an hour slower. That's because um, he's an old guy. Yeah, and also because the athleticism was never really there. Um, but very good basketball player. And at this point, I mean, Colin's right. I, I, I don't think he can hold up for a full season anymore. I, I think it's time to pack it in. But I don't know how you can say he didn't have a great career. He should be a model for everybody. He should be a model for the Manny Harrises of the world. Yeah, really. That's a, a really good point. Um, so year grade, what's his year? A C? Um, C minus, just because he couldn't stay healthy. I See, I liked his year. I say a C plus. And for the career, I'll go with you guys. Let's give him an A. All right, um, moving on. And uh, this guy is actually one of the more intriguing players on our roster. Samardo Samuels. Is he intriguing? I think he's <laughs> intriguing. I think there's potential there. Valerie's from Louisville. I, I'd actually like to hear your opinion on why you think he's intriguing. I, there were times, I mean, I, obviously I don't want our uh, backup 
power forward center taking jump shots when he should, like clearly should not be taking them. But he had games where he could finish all right near the rim. He wasn't a terrible defender. I mean, he's young. I'll, I'll support you there. I, I think the biggest risk with Samardo is ultimately I don't know that you want him as a top eight rotation guy, and I think that's what he sees himself as. That's probably um, what he is. Honestly, he probably is on a like mediocre team. On a mediocre team. Well, what I like is, I mean, he he has he has he has some nice uh, post moves. He's very physical, very tough. I wrote before the season. I thought maybe he could be kind of like a poor man's Jared Sullinger. I um, still think that he's capable of that. Honestly, I I see it a little bit. the The only thing that scares me is he's an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> well. He is kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't need to be prodded into shape when you're at this point in his career where right. he's really trying to establish himself as a as a rotation player. And that's the one major concern because honestly, he's not a terrible player. No. He's not. I mean, of of all the scrubs that we have on our team, he's the most talented scrub. He's shouldn't tough he, and he's got good skills. Shouldn't we look at sort of like what Leon Poe did before Leon Poe's knees betrayed him. Right. Uh, I mean, like, and that, that's what that his stuff. ceiling is. Yeah, he could just be a banger, rebounder, draw some fouls, you know. And like, I, Leon Poe could, was good. People liked Leon Poe. Leon Poe was great. Leon Poe killed in that series the Celtics won in 2008. Uh, he was um, great. Yeah. So what, what do you guys give him in a grade? Colin? I, I mean, I, I think he's... Because he's he's disappointing. Because you do mention he has tools. One thing that I worry about is he's not very athletic. Um, yeah. Which sometimes sometimes guys just aren't athletic enough to be good. Um, but I, I would give him I'd give him a C. I mean, it wasn't a very good season to be honest. His season in general, or, or our no, season? It's his season. Right, right. We all know my thoughts on the season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I would agree with you. Um, you know, I might even go a little bit worse because I think he should have been a lot better considering the amount of playing time that he could have taken. He never really seized the opportunity, which to me is a travesty because he is way more talented. Like, why was Heron Gotti playing in games when we could have put Samardo in those games, you know? I mean, Samardo could play small forward badly, but they could still stick him in there and put a really big lineup in, you know? Byron, and, Byron and, Scott is, like, Byron Scott is the perfect coach to, to sort of prod him and, and right. get to try to be what he's going to be. But he's not going to play him if he doesn't work hard. He's just not going to see the court. Right, because, right. Because Byron Scott can be a real hard ass about playing Which time. is good. I mean, I would rather <laughs> our coach tell this guy, like, you don't deserve playing time. Uh, Ryan, what's his grade? Ryan? Yeah, sorry. I thought I lost you guys. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, um, well, just last thoughts on Samardo. I think potentially, depending on the draft or how the draft plays out, he might have cost himself the opportunity to establish himself as that type of guy here because this was the season to do it. Um, depending on if we end up with a big or not, that, or with a, yeah, that time may be Drummond's or it may be Anthony Davis's, um, and there just won't be minutes on the floor for him but if we end up small he's gonna have one more shot 
I, I mean, I, I think they'll bring him back depending on how the draft goes. I think no matter what, he's going to be back. I honestly, I can't see him being gone. I mean, just my personal take. All right, uh, guys, let's take one more quick break because I want to split this podcast up and we'll finish this up and uh, sort of go through the, the rest of our little discussion. We are going to do it. This is a double podcast, obviously. Um, so stick around and keep on the lookout for our second one. All right, guys. <laughs> 